This is Kerry Williams, and welcome to today's Shepherds and Sheepdogs podcast. Today we're going to talk about the essential nature of never giving in, never giving up as a leader in the Lord's church. You know, when things are hard and when it feels like the whole world's against you and the pressure's on, it's so easy to just throw in the towel. And every one of us, even the strongest leader, sometimes feels that temptation. The difference is whether or not a person yields to it or just grits their teeth, puts their feet to the fire, and presses on through it. The truth is, is that when the church needs leaders the most is when it's hardest to do the job. That's when it really matters. No hero was ever born of things that were easy, of things that you know anybody could do at any moment and that were totally enjoyable and pleasant. No heroes are born of the fire, of the crucible of pain and difficulty, persecution, mistreatment, lies. You see, that's the moment when people of real character stand up and do what's right. When we look in, at what the work of a shepherd is in the church, there's a lot of passages we could reference that talk about his character and the kind of person to be chosen to be a shepherd, but there's very little in the New Testament about specifically what they're supposed to do. Oh, it tells us in James that he's supposed to go to the sick and anoint them with oil and pray over them, but the most extensive passage about the work of a shepherd in Scripture is found in Acts chapter 20. And there we read, starting in verse 27, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Paul says this to the Ephesian elders. And then he says, Therefore take heed to yourself, to the entire flock, among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the flock of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in from among you, not sparing the flock. And also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch, and remember that for three years it had not ceased to warn everyone night and day with tears. Notice that he says that he warned them with tears. Leadership, when it matters, when it makes any difference, is usually with tears. And Paul, in those moments of tears, it would have been so easy to give up, but he says the primary role of those shepherds is to watch out for wolves. And here's the thing about wolves, they don't play fair, they play dirty. Here's the thing about wolves. They're out for one thing, destruction. But these wolves are in sheep's clothing, so they're trying to deceive. That means they'll lie. That means they'll lie about things, and that means they'll lie about people. And it says that there may even some come in from within the eldership itself, from among you, he says. And they still have to stand, and they still have to watch. And the one thing that would derail the Lord's plan in it all is if rather than watching, they just give up. It is vitally important that men of God who have been called to be leaders, preachers and elders, that when times get hard, they don't just give up. They have to press steadily on. When the going gets tough, they don't quit. Our society has become a path of least resistance kind of culture like a river or electricity. You know, it just goes wherever it, it doesn't have anything standing in its way. 
But the difference is, as leaders, we have to give an answer. How does God feel when we avoid what we should do out of a fear of hardship? I mean, think about it. He even said that some who would come to him would leave father and mother and brother. And so, I mean, he never promised that following him, that taking up your cross would be an easy thing. And if it isn't for members of the church, then surely it isn't easy all the time for leaders of the church. God did not envision us as a timid, shy, path of least resistance people. And he sure didn't envision his leaders as that. Yet taking the hard road, it's hard. But there are benefits to persevering. You know, when you think there's so many different examples of this in human history. One would be Clint Courtney. If you don't know who Clint Courtney is, well, don't bother requesting an answer from Cooperstown, New York, because Clint never even came close to making it into the Baseball Hall of Fame. In fact, it's doubtful that his picture appeared on any bubblegum cards. Nobody really traded those cards with this guy's name on them. And if they did, they weren't the ones that were worth anything. He wasn't a legend in his own time. He wasn't even a legend in his own mind. He was only a memory maker for his family and a few diehard fans who were inspired by his tremendous fortitude. You see, Clint Courtney played catcher for the Baltimore Orioles in the 1950s. And during his career, he earned the nickname Scrap Iron Courtney, implying that he was hard, weathered, and tough. Old Scrap, as they called him, broke no records. He only broke bones. He had little power or speed on the base paths. As for grace and style, he made the easiest play look difficult rather than the opposite. But armed with a mitt and a mask, old scrap iron never flinched from any challenge. In fact, batters often missed the ball and caught his shin. The foul tips nicked his elbows. Runners fiercely plowed into him, spikes first, as he tried to defend home plate without never moving an inch. And though often doubled over in agony and flattened in a heap of dust, Courtney never quit. Invariably, he'd slowly get up, he'd shake off the dust, he'd punch the pocket of his mitt once, twice, and then he'd nod to the pitcher to throw another one. The game would go on, and Courtney would go on with it, scarred, bruised, clutching his arm in pain, but always determined to continue. He had tape and splints and braces and all other kinds of paraphernalia that wounded people wear. And some made fun of him for it, calling him a masochist, insane. But others, there are others that remember him as a true champion because of the one quality he had is that no matter what, he would never, ever give up. You see, that's the quality that God is looking for in his people. A quality that says that no matter what stands against us, if the Lord is for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Neither height nor depth, nor prince, nor nor princes, nor, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, height or depth, or any other created thing, be able to separate us from the love of God 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, and passage after passage that talk about the importance of us holding tightly to God's hand and pressing on no matter what stands in our way. And we're told people will stand in our way. James 1, consider it pure joy when you face trials and temptations of all sorts. And then in the Sermon on the Mountain, the Beatitudes, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and speak all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake, but rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, this idea of tenacity, perseverance, is one of the very most important qualities a leader can have. The power to have a long-haul kind of life, a, a, a type of life and leadership that just simply faces the storm and presses on, not in pride, not in arrogance, but in a humble obedience to keep the faith no matter what. You see, there's this great contentment that can only be found when pressing that way, when doing our very, very best, even in the face of great, terrible adversity. I love the poem called When the Game is the Hardest. It says on the gridiron and on the diamond, on the link, on the cord, it's when the game is the hardest that you get the finest sport. There's no joy in an easy battle. There's no victory in a game that, that is won without any struggle. And in life, it's just the same. It is when the going is heavy and the pull is all uphill and you have to work to conquer that you get the finest thrill. You see, in Scripture, there's a whole lot said about the glory of the good fight. Remember, Paul says, I have run the race. I have fought the good fight. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. If we could only shift our thinking when times are really hard, when they're tough, when the fire is against us and it hurts and people have turned on us and lied about us and all of the above, if we can shift our hearts to realize this is when it matters. This is the heart of leadership. And if I continue on, the Lord promises I'll win. And there will be great glory and a great reward for those who persevere. Well, I hope this has encouraged all of you who are elders, preachers, leaders in the Lord's church, particularly if you're going through a hard time right now. If you feel like the world is against you, if you feel tempted at times to give up, don't. Fight. Continue on. And say the words of, of Winston Churchill as he cried out over the radio as the German bombs were, were destroying London and all the English countryside. And he says, we will fight them in the air. We will fight them in the streets. We will fight them in the seas. We will fight them on our homes. We will never give up. We will never give up. We will never give up. The Lord's church needs leaders who say, no matter what the devil throws at me, if I'm doing right, I will never, ever give up. Have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you here next time.